Hi. Happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. Um, I have a rare disorder called mal de disembarkment syndrome. Most of those words are French. Basically means after any flight or any boat ride or any weird motion that my body goes through, I continue to feel like I'm swaying or bobbing or rocking, and there's really no reason why it persists. Not just for like a couple of hours after a turbulent flight, not just for a couple of days, but this is the type of thing that stays with me for sometimes two, three, four, five, six, seven weeks, and no, I'm not kidding. I realize I've talked about this before on the podcast, but let's really get into it because right now it's happening. The earth is stable, but I feel like I'm swaying back and forth. It's not vertigo. Here's what I've learned. It's not vertigo. It's not even really the crystals in my neck. Is it in my ears? Is it in my brain? The research isn't there yet. So when you Google this MDDS, disembarkment syndrome, there's not a lot. There's still a lot of doctors figuring out what's happening. It's a rare disease that afflicts a tiny percentage of the population. And now, yep, I've been diagnosed. Seen a neurologist, seen chiropractors, physical therapists. Uh, There's no cure. There's nothing off the shelf. There's no prescription. You just wait. Or you say, I'll never go on a boat or a flight ever again. Which sounds irrational to say, I'll never travel ever again. But I'm getting closer and closer and closer to that realization that I just can't travel, folks. I'll listen to your stories. How is Portugal? Amazing. The food was good. Great. I'll never try it. Ooh, how was France? Was it beautiful? Yeah, all the sights. I'll never see it. You've been to Japan. Oh, yeah, it sounds beautiful. I'll never go. This isn't sad. I'm not trying to do a woe is me type of podcast, but it's the realization that I'm a homebody and now I have to remain a homebody. Now, luckily, I don't have a passion for sailing. I'm not a big jet ski guy, as you can imagine. Not a big jet ski guy. So I'm not going to miss water sports. I'm not even really going to miss taking the ferry to a Giants game. I'll just drive. But I still have to be able to get on some flights. We were visiting my wife's family in Fargo, North Dakota. Oh, yeah. Fargo, North Dakota actually exists. It's not just a movie. Uh, For the Thanksgiving break. And we had layovers on each leg of the trip. So that's four flights in four days. First flight, turbulent. Second flight, turbulent. Third flight, turbulent. Fourth flight, turbulent. All kinds of turbulence. Yeah, there's the bumpy, bumpy, bumpy. We know about the bumpy. But what about the air pockets where you just feel the plane dip for like 20 feet and you wonder where your balls went? Hey, fellas, I don't know what that sensation feels like for a woman, but when the plane dips about 20 feet, you just feel like your balls are now behind you. You're moving forward, your balls flew behind you, and there's no reverse because that plane is going forward. I don't remember the plane ever going smoothly, so I knew, deep down I knew, here comes another bout of MDDS. I've been lucky in my lifetime where it does go away. I mean, I've had it up to 40 straight days where you start to wonder, do I have to live this way, like a balloon, where I always feel like I'm swaying, swaying, swaying. Now, to answer your next question, do you get dizzy? No. Is it painful? No. Josh, we actually have zero questions. Okay, fine. But it's just truly annoying. Do I Google it and read the message boards? Of course. But WebMD. WebMD says, of course, you might feel unsteady and even stagger. But other symptoms include anxiety, confusion, depression, feeling tired, and having a hard time focusing. See, that's the bullshit I can't handle. And that's true. 
All of those things exist when you really have it, when you're in the eye of the storm. I think I've had it maybe seven times. Trip to Israel, trip to Italy, uh, my friend's bachelor party, which was white water river rafting. No thanks. I mean, it was fun, but of course, no thanks ever again. Trips to Denver, trips to Fargo. Just if I bump around, then something in my brain is loose and I will live with this. Do we have a parade yet? No. Do we have a celebrity for our outreach programs? No. Do we have one guy doing a little podcast out of Sanderfell who talks about his MDDS? Officially, we do. All right, welcome into episode 74. It's going to be a rocky one, literally. I'm going to feel like I'm swaying the entire time. So just picture that. It might make you dizzy. You might need to take a break on this podcast, but I hope you do in general because I bounce from topic to topic to topic to topic and you probably already feel dizzy if you listen to this podcast. But because it's Thanksgiving, I want to give thanks to all of you. I don't know who tunes into this. You know, the medium podcasting, there's not really great stats to see who's listening, how many people are listening, through what devices, stats. Apple doesn't offer much. I'm interested in seeing where podcasting is in 50 years. Actually, forget that. How about 10 years when the corporations really take it over? Now, that'll be beautiful. That'll be America. That'll be capitalism. Plus, news and weather coming up next. Perhaps in a way... You know, think about this. It's good that I have MDDS because I hate humans in airports so much. Does that mean I hate humans in general? I don't know. I mean, sure, I certainly dislike a large percentage of humans, but the ones within my sphere, the ones I connect with, I love. So I might as well just stay in my sphere, right? Isn't that possible? No. Okay, so in airports, you're exposed to all different types. I mean, you'll see some of the most dapper, regal, fancy people all dressed up. I saw a guy in his scarf, Cole Hahn shoes, fitted suit on a cell, like gel in his hair. It was beautifully gelled, parted. This guy just up against the wall on his cell phone, talking business. And it was foreign to me. Here I am, you know, having showered for a couple of days, beard just mangled, chasing my daughter around, bleary-eyed, wearing sweats. And then I look at this guy and I go, oh, there he is. There he is, the opposite of me in this moment. This guy was so well put together, so well manicured. But all of that aside, what he was saying on the phone was so official. So official. So yeah, we'll get that sent over to Todd later this week. And then I want to see if we could double up and perhaps drop a percentage down before we go ahead and schedule the meetings. Uh, Was Leslie CC'd on that report? Okay, terrific. What I want to do uh, in the future is if the constituents are up with the syndication of the beneficiaries, perhaps we can all get together and maybe just uh, create an incubation process where we're going to get to the early software and then double it down and dial it in. And I'm like, fuck, he's saying so much. What does he do for a living? I don't know. I mean, was the person on the other end of this phone call understanding everything? It was so weird. He had letters, he had numbers, he had stats, he had meetings, he had technology. I don't know who this guy was. It was like a walking advertisement, a walking Ralph Lauren ad. And then I just thought, oh God, what do I look like right now? My trip to Fargo was one of those trips where you don't even look in the mirror the whole time. I mean, you're just chasing kids around. You don't even look at clocks. You don't know if it's morning, noon, or night. What meal am I on? What meal am I on? Am I eating an omelet at 9 p.m.? I don't know. Am I sleep eating cereal at 3 a.m.? I don't know. Is everything deep fried right now? Carbs and carbs and cheese and carbs and carbs and carbs and cheese and carbs. Of course it is. Did I gain 10 pounds? Of course I did. And now I come back and I say I'm going to go on a health binge. Whenever my MDDS subsides, I'm going to be mentioning that a lot on this podcast. Whenever the swaying goes away, oh my God. I'm only going to eat spinach and kale and granola. And I'm going to go on two runs a day. 
and I'm going to do yoga in my living room because I can't afford it at a studio. And I'm going to buy exfoliating facial washes. You hear me? The ones with the little beads. And I'm going to diffuse essential oils and feel the impact of all the oils. Whatever it says the oils do, I'm going to feel it. So here comes health week. It's tough with the holidays upon us. I have not even had Thanksgiving meal, meaning I'm about to get even fatter later today. But at some point, I'm going to make the decision to really commit, to really commit to a healthy phase of life, a healthy stretch of life. The opposite of how I feel right now, folks. Hey, a standing ovation, I assume, is happening. All right. So the guy I just described in the airport, that's not the norm. The norm People chasing kids around, screaming at kids, looking flustered, looking stressed, standing in long TSA security lines, looking at that big board of flights, departures, and seeing that you've been delayed or canceled, flying during the holidays with kids. What? What kind of horror movie did we sign up for? Now, the trip itself was nice. Always nice to see my wife's family. Good people, salt of the earth people, sweet people, loving people. But the travel, the travel actually caused me to say to my wife, I looked at her right in the eyes and I said, I understand violence. And then I just stopped talking, stared forward and rested my forehead in my hand. Can you picture this? I just look at my wife and go, I understand violence. And then I slowly turn back to my own hand and rest my head in my hand. Like I just have had enough reach the limit. I mean, forget all the thousands of minutes of meditation I've ever done out the window in the moment that I saw it all unravel. What happened? The worst woman in America was on our flight, sitting one row back, one aisle over. So the family in front of her had a newborn baby. She had two kids. She couldn't control them at all. They were seat kickers. Now I understand kids on flights, they're allowed to scream. They're allowed to cry. I get all that. But the seat kicking, that's when mom has to step in. Well, did this mom step in? Yeah. To the most abusive level I've ever seen in public, screaming, physically shoving them back in their seats. And I'm like, wait, hold on. Maybe they're so poorly behaved because ma, you're poorly behaved. You're loud. You're on your phone. You're using profanity. The story gets worse. She's bumping people. I mean, she doesn't even care. She has no control over herself and her kids. And I'm trying to focus on my breathing. So I see this nice family. They're a Navy family to my right. I got to talking with them a little bit. Sweet people. They had a newborn. They're getting kicked hard, harder than the turbulence. And at the end of the flight, because the flight attendant had to step in a few times, she actually had to intervene and say, ma'am, a little loud. Hey, ma'am, tell your kids to stop climbing over the seats and kicking, 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 scream, kicking, punching. It was like a tornado of little kids. It was gross. And the lady could have said, sorry, but what did this big old disgusting woman say? She said, they've been harassing me the whole flight, and now you're harassing me. No one said anything to this lady the entire flight, I'm sure of it. And she played the card of, I'm getting harassed. So at that point, the steam that was coming out of my scalp was causing people on the flight to think there was smoke and they had to evacuate. The steam that was coming out of my scalp was starting to permeate throughout the cabin of the airplane and people were wondering, whoa, whoa, do we have to evacuate? The answer was no. We just need to open the door, open the side door that you're not supposed to open and shove this woman out. Shove this woman out. And I'm not kidding. I mean, 
Of course, I'll calm down and say I overreacted. I did tell the nice family, you've been great. Your baby's great. I'm sorry you had to deal with that. And I think they appreciated that, that I stepped in to say, you don't deserve that. Happy Thanksgiving. Great. But this lady, why not shove her out? I'm being serious right now. Why not shove her out? It's not that our flight didn't need her. It's that the world doesn't need her. My dad, irrational at times, he used to say in business, when people would screw each other in business, the corruption of working in business, he would say, you know, if this was the old wild, wild west, I would just take these guys outside down a dirt path and shoot them. And I used to laugh. I always thought that was funny. My dad, anytime he was in a business ordeal where somebody was doing something shady, which is a lot of our conversations growing up, my dad had to deal with a lot of shady people in his business, he would say, you know something, Josh, if this was the old wild, wild west, I would just shoot him and we would all laugh. But I realized, oh, he's not totally kidding. So when you do run into awful people, there's one point of saying I'm personally annoyed. And then there's the other point. You know, if you zoom out just a tiny bit, don't zoom out too much because then all of this doesn't matter. But zoom out a little bit. You go, what the world doesn't need you. If you're just a chronic criminal, you mistreat people, you abuse kids. Goodbye. It turns out I'm so pro-death penalty, but not in the way you're thinking. Not in the way of lethal injection in a trial, but I now understand what my dad was talking about. That crazy man said, the old wild, wild west, you would just shoot these people down a dirt path, drag them out, go back to the saloon, hello Westworld. I get it. I hate to say it, I get it. I never wanted to get it, but I get it. It's actually the way we're going to evolve. Anybody that wreaks havoc on society, they should be gone. There's no discussion about rehabilitation. The people that are that bad to society, goodbye. And I realize I'm just talking about a lady who can't control her kids or herself on a flight, but it does cause me to think, wait, how are we going to evolve as a society? Hey, Stutter, how are we going to evolve and get better and better and better and improve and truly improve the values, the morals of mankind, humankind, and womankind too? Perhaps we should start eliminating the bad folks. All right, this one took a turn. And backpedal, and backpedal, and we're back. So how do I control my daughter on a flight with delays and screams? How do I control my daughter with tender love and care? Yeah, write this down. I'm doing a parenting book later this winter, but I'm going to give you some tidbits, some pearls of wisdom. Tender love and care works on a flight. No, of course we broke out the iPhone and just showed her Sesame Street and videos and videos of Grover and Elmo and Oscar the Grouch, who is homeless. He lives in a garbage can and Big Bird and Snuffleupagus and all this stuff where if you watch it slowly and you're an adult, if you watch it every day, slowly, you do go insane. You go insane. Da 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 Elmo song. That's awful. I don't think I really watched Sesame Street as a kid. I was all Mr. Rogers. All Rogers all the time. But now we find Sesame Street on YouTube. Our daughter likes it. So we have to sparingly show her some clips. And luckily, there's a lot of celebrities who have done duets with these puppets. John Legend, Jason Mraz, Nora Jones, Adam Sandler. Look it up. It's all good. Actually, you don't have to look it up. I'm not recommending this. I'm just saying there's enough in the Sesame Street volumes that caused me to go, okay, I could get through this. I could get through this. All right, here's Ed Sheeran. Here's Indy RE. All right, all right, all right. So not bad. So on the flight, we're showing her some of this. But when I put the phone away, here's what scares me. She cries. And my baby, my toddler, she's not really one to have many meltdowns or fits. She has a normal amount of meltdowns and fits, but I can trigger them. And that's putting the phone away. How scary is this? How scary is this? 
We've been poisoned. These phones have poisoned us. I'm going to use that word. So sure, it's up to the parents to limit screen time. And I like to do that. I like to limit screen time, take in the world, books, human interactions, hikes, parks, slides, swings, all the healthy things, meals. But for the downtime, my own downtime, screen time, I watch a lot of sports and comedy, of course. So I don't want to instill these values too young, but you could just see what the glow of a screen does to a kid. And now what do I have? In my profession as a teacher, I've inherited digital natives, the kids that are comfortable in their smartphones, so comfortable turning to their smartphones that they don't feel disrespectful. Even though it's breaking a class rule to be on a phone, they wonder, why does this old guy care? They go, I'm listening, I'm listening. I can multitask. Not really. All the kids say, I could listen to music and work. They all say that. Oh yeah, I could listen to music and work. I can multitask. 100% of them say that. What percentage actually can? I'm not saying you can't. I'm not saying it's zero, but probably around 64% of the kids who think they can multitask actually can. Now, me personally, of course, you probably have guessed by now. I can't multitask. Whatever I'm doing, I have to just be doing it in silence with the door closed. Nothing else happening. That's how I focus. Other people could take on a bunch of stuff. Not me. So when my students turn to their phones, turn to their phones, and their phones are more exciting than anything, perhaps that they're learning in a classroom, I don't get offended, really. I just go, this is what happened in society. Their minds have been poisoned. If we're trying to make them attentive and focused on what's going on, then that's out the window. Being present, if that's the key to happiness, that's what mindful is, just being present, understanding that whatever moment you're in, if it's good, it's passing. If it's bad, it's passing. But just that understanding and awareness is good for your mental health. So be in the moment. How could you be in a moment where you can actually feel your phone in your pocket, giving you notifications, notifications, notifications? Here's your teacher. He's talking about the industrial revolution and he's enthusiastic and he has a great lesson plan. That's right. I'll say it. Had a great lesson plan. And you know, some of the students are having an internal conflict of, should I grab my phone? Should I sneak my phone out, put it on my lap and take a look at my Instagram photo? Hope it's getting a bunch of likes. Now I understand Mr. Rosenberg does not want that to happen, but it's beyond my control. So yes, we're using the word addiction. A-D-D-I. There's zero reason to spell that. You clearly know how to spell addiction. A-D-D-I-C. Can I spell it? T-I-O. And how about that? It starts with A-D-D. Oh my God. Did I stumble upon a great point? This is an addiction. They're not outwardly trying to disrespect me. They're not, they're not outwardly trying to be unattentive. They just know that their brains are now wired to go to the glow of the phone that has completely rewired their brain chemistry. I'm scared. I'm scared. Forget the students as a parent. I'm scared that I'll be powerless. The things that you as a parent will eventually become powerless to. And have to just witness the wave take over the new generation. My parents probably had to do it with me. Their parents with them. The younger generation. They're always going to do something scary to the previous generation. To which they go, it's fine. Like when I was young, drinking 40s, listening to Tupac. It's fine, ma. I'm 15, but I could have a St. Ides 40 or two at the park and run from the cops. Why not? Come on, ma. We're just listening to Tupac and really taking his lyrics to heart. God, how hypocritical am I? 15, 16-year-old me, absolutely. Drinking 40s at a creek, listening to Tupac. If my daughter did that in 14 years, oh my God. I'd be having nightmares, staying up all night. Scared. All right, here's the part where I slowly back away and just say acceptance. Acceptance. 
Education is going to change. We're going to have to cater to them. They win. The revolution has completely taken over all of the previous customs in the world of education. That is a question I ask my kids. I say, all right, take five minutes. Write down your answer. What's this high school going to look like in 100 years, in 2119? First of all, is the high school still here? Are teachers still in a classroom? Are there still desks? What's this going to look like? And their answers were wild, bizarre. It was a good conversation. But it has to change. It just feels antiquated in many ways. I'd love to say, I'm the catalyst. Be the change you want to see in the world. Okay. Okay. Follow me into the world of evolution. I do think incorporating podcasts is a good idea into education. If they're always going to have earbuds in their ears, maybe we should find a way to create these audio lesson plans. Yeah, just walk around all day. Yeah, for world history today, there's your podcast. Boom. Give me the likes, give me the clicks, give me the comments and the ratings. You know the old lyrics. All right, if you right now walk in to any Barnes and Noble, and by the way, how long are Barnes and Noble going to be around? Or Barneses and Nobleses? Most book sales are online. But we still have a few bookstores. You walk into Barnes and Noble or any bookstore. I can't say or any bookstore. There aren't that many. But you go to the self-help section, see a lot of these psychologists and gurus, therapists, psychiatrists that have written books. They've studied human patterns and they've written about it. How would you know what to just grab? Has to be a recommendation, right? Who would ever go to the self-help book and just pick a random one? Has to be a recommendation because there's too many. So I got one for you. I got one. John Kabat-Zinn, wherever you go, there you are. And let's be honest, it's all in the title. Wherever you go, there you are. Real, real quick, the point is that if you are down in the dumps and you go, man, if I could just take a trip to Hawaii right now, everything would be okay. Or if I could just move to New York City and get a new job, everything would be okay. Like if you're going through something tragic or sad or a breakup or you're mourning something and you go, oh, if I could just move or find a new mate, or if I could just have a job that makes me happy, then everything would be great. And his whole book is about you need to make peace with the situations. You need to make peace with yourself. You need to make peace with your history, or else baggage remains. So you could say, I just had a bad breakup, but now I'm going to Hawaii. And then once you're in Hawaii, sure, you could be on the beach with a pina colada, looking at the sand, looking at the shore. But wherever you go, there you are. And a lot of people are just carrying baggage on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. You think you took a new job and now you're happier? Well, you got to make peace with any of the baggage that made the previous one so unhappy. So basically, self-work is such a huge part of life. The people that don't do it, they tend to just bring the residue of all the, you know, you had a rough family situation until you actually deal with it. Look in the mirror and say, all right, I got to deal with this. Then it stays with you. But the coolest thing is you can have a breakthrough. That's also what the book's about. Once you deal with the baggage, it's a beautiful thing. You can evolve. Now think of someone who you know, friend or family, that has actually made a huge transition. Like they used to be one way and then boom, the person you now know today is a totally improved, more insightful, enlightened person. Isn't that a beautiful thing? You probably loved them the whole time, but you've all known somebody, maybe a friend, maybe a family member. Where you go, wow, they used to be this way and now they have evolved into something like this. You know, it's like the light went off or the light went on in their life. And I don't know how, 
Everybody has their own method of dealing with it. It could be mindfulness meditation. It could be meds. Sure. Could be therapy. Could be just addressing the areas and not running away from them. But any of those things, if you ever saw somebody have the transition, it's wonderful. But what about the other people? Throughout life, they just remain the same. They grow up. They might have families, new jobs, but nothing ever changes. Think about a person like that in your life right now. They're always the same. Any flaws they had, they're always there. Any shortcomings, they're always there. Any issues, they're always there. And some of us are very closely related to people like this. So it just means you have to come to terms with it and change your response to it. But I guess don't be that person. Read this book. John Kabat-Zinn. I think it's, you need me to spell it? I think it's Z-I-N-N. How about that? And he's also a guy to lead meditations. Breathe in and out, focusing on the path of your breath. Do it right now. Do one. Because if you don't, you're probably going to focus on zero breaths today. That's human nature. I'm going to miss all of my breaths, but I'll know that that's happening in the background of my life to keep me alive. But right now, just focus on one. This one. In. I just end the podcast. You're like, what happened? Did he fall? Did he faint? And in. You just hear that and then the music down. Boop, bitty, beep, 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 beep. Micah Julius with the soundtrack to this podcast. 74 episodes deep. And Micah, if you're listening, you could always send me a new song. I mean, I like it. I love it. But should we? New logo, new song. Keep it fresh. Wherever you go, there you are. That didn't even connect. Speaking of music, sometimes I put on Pandora, Pandorito, and, you know, you got to first pick the artist that you like, and then they give you all these songs, and you go, oh, now this is good. Maybe I should discover what this is all about. But one of the Pandora stations I started was Dave Matthews Band, and it brings me back 20 years. I loved the Dave Matthews Band, and I realized that I didn't really understand any of his lyrics. I just like the sound. I like the sound of his voice, and I used to think I knew the lyrics. But nowadays, I hear these songs. I don't know what the fuck Dave's talking about. Yet my wife is a savant when it comes to lyrics. And I think she knows this deep down. But she could hear a song once or twice. Some people are like this, and they just know the lyrics. And it stays. Like, it stays with her. With me, the song Satellite came on. And when I was, what, like a senior in high school that was my favorite song i even learned it on the guitar i think john bush may have taught me that's probably not true because john is not the type of guy to like dave matthews band hey john are you listening right now huh are we on a phone call or is this a podcast recording okay so it comes on do 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 you know the beginning of dave matthews satellite and i'm cooking and my wife's in the room and i'm like i'm gonna impress her I'm going to just start singing along like I know the lyrics. And I realize not only do I not know the lyrics, but I don't know what Dave's talking about. So let's listen, huh? Let's take a listen. And I'll just tell you what I hear. You tell me what you hear. Beautiful intro. Beautiful. Getting a little guitar, getting a little violin, and then here's Dave. In the world, your balloon? Did I get that right? 
Winter's cold. Spring recess. And the clowns by the storm was chasing. Here's where I really lose it. I don't know. Actually, I just don't know what the whole song's about, but I really like it. You know what I don't like or don't understand? Laugh tracks. <laughs> just for fun. Just for fun. Put on a show like the big bang theory which i never watched and try not to notice the laugh track try to actually stay with the plot of the show i can't do it all these witty retorts is that really how we grew up with laugh tracks all the shows i watched just cues laugh now laugh now it looks like something from 300 years ago all right another band i learned about on pandora lake street dive write it down write it down you sick bastards you're looking for a good band this lady's voice is a force you know, like the lady who sings for Alabama Shakes or that Janis Joplin type of voice? This lady's voice is so good. So good. They do a cover of the Jackson 5, I Want You Back. It'll melt you. It'll melt your heart and soul and just make you happy. So once again, Lake Street Dive. This song comes on Pandora, and I'm wondering, wait, what is she saying? I mean, I like it. I like what I'm hearing, but what is she saying? I can spend ages reading the news. That's what I'm getting. I could spend days singing the blues. I can spend this singing the blues. But I turn up the TV light. Turn up the TV light? but what's she talking about? There's a million ways that I could say goodbye But I turn down the lights Come on, baby, come inside Some fool's bright, 
Don't make me Google the lyrics. I feel like the whole song culminated in this this lyric that I can't get. I don't know what the story's about, but I like it. And I guess that means I'm not a lyric person. Some people are like, I listen to the lyrics. I purposely don't. I can like a song without understanding any of the lyrics. And when I say I don't understand, I might know the words you're saying, but when you put them together, it doesn't mean anything. And there are still good songs like this. There's a lot of good songs like that. Grateful Dead, The Beatles, Led Zeppelin. Listen to these songs. You might know the words that are coming out of your mouth. You're like, I know these words, but I don't understand the story being told. What kind of shroom trip am I listening to? All right. Let's end this one with, hey, Josh, get some rest, huh? Bleary-eyed, swaying side to side, looking at about another week or two or three of MDDS. Okay. We don't have to start a GoFundMe. This is not a pity podcast. I just want to let you know. And this is how I live my life. Stationary from here on out. I can't go in the sky. I can't go in the sea. I shall stay on land. What is this? A Magellan poem? Actually, that wouldn't make sense. Magellan was in the water a large percentage of his life. You know how these explorers lived? We, we just, you know, love the stories of explorers went into the ocean and then found new land. But I've read some stories recently about the disgusting conditions on these ships. Just how many people were barfing, having diarrhea. What were they eating, right? There was no preservatives. Just eating rotten food. There were rats and rodents. You should read about these journeys of Sir Francis Drake or Columbus or Magellan or Cortez, Ponce de Leon. It's like, oh my God, if you were an explorer, what inspired you to say, you know what? I don't believe we know all of the land in the world. Let's find land. Let's just sail. Goodbye, death. Aren't you lost? About a hundred yards onto your voyage. How many explorers never found shit and we never studied? They just thought, I'm taking my boat and I'm going to find a land. Dead. I'm taking my boat with my nine best friends and we're going to get scurvy and die. We're going to find big waves that destroy us and it's going to create a lot of infections. And this is how explorers spoke. See, I just named a few explorers. There had to be hundreds, hundreds that just said, we're coming back with information and knowledge of a new world, a new land. We're going to have no maps with us. We're going to make maps as we go dead. Malaria, jaundice, whoop and cough. Goodbye, 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 goodbye. Didn't bring enough food. Now you're lost, lost again. Okay, so yes, we should glorify the great explorers that actually got somewhere. What the hell am I talking about? All right, happy Thanksgiving. I truly love you all. That's episode 74. It's in the books. I'll talk to you soon.